how are we intentionally helping families upskill or achieve sustainable wages so that they can afford to pay for their internet service and not be reliant on the subsidies. If we're not doing that and the subsidies go away, our families are right back in that situation again. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in St. Paul, Minnesota. And today I'm speaking with Angela Thee Bennett, the Director of Advocacy and Impact at Digital C. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chris. I feel like I was super fortunate to, to get on your schedule. Uh, we, we, um, we scheduled this right before uh, it became public that you would be the new um, uh, digital equity director, the first ever digital equity director at uh, NTIA in the federal government. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would love to grill you about what you're going to be doing there, and I think people would be interested, but we're not going to do that because there's so much I want to talk about in Cleveland that you've already done. So uh, we'll focus there. Um, why don't we start by just um, uh, telling us a little bit about Digital C? Um, well, Digital C, we are a nonprofit, community based um, wireless internet service provider um, here in uh, the city of Cleveland. Not only do we, you know, deliver you know, internet services, you know, directly to the home through our fixed, you know, wireless technologies, we actually um, deliver more. We call ourselves the WISP with the purpose um, because we recognize that it's not enough to just connect families to internet, but um, how do we then connect them to the tools and the resources that they need to improve their outcomes and um, three key areas for us, health, education and economic, you know, well-being. And you came about as kind of um, uh, the latest in a series of, of interesting transitions, I think. Um, there was one Cleveland turned into one community, and then that had assets all over northern northeast Ohio. Um, when that was um, transitioned to a private company, uh, there was kind of a, this pot of money set aside to enable you all to do your mission, right? I don't know it's the, the fast version of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> You got it, Chris. So um, it not only was there, you know, funding, but there was also access to fiber. And so um, through that transaction, Digital C received access to fiber for five years. And, you know, what the board decided was, you know, what do we do with this? You know, how can we, you know, truly have an impact, you know, in our communities? And so they decided, let's leverage the assets, you know, the access to the fiber. Let's leverage the funding that we have um, and let's try to connect Cleveland. And I think if I remember correctly, you started with uh, some public housing buildings, but then you got um, ambitious to, I think, tackle the the ultimate challenge in my mind, uh, which is single family homes uh, in some areas. Um, so tell me how that's going. I would say all of it is a challenge. Sure. <laughs> Even I with can the public housing. That. So, you know, we started with prior to 2019, we had this kind of beta project where we connected several public housing units and they were receiving it for free. But we all know that free is not sustainable. And, you know, as we, you know, moved to develop this model, it was, you know, arrive, you know, trying to arrive at what would be deemed affordable. And so through our work in the neighborhoods, through kitchen table conversations, you know, where we went into the community and hosted these mini sessions, um, really finding out, you know, what are 
you know, residents' dreams and, and goals for their community and how can technology, you know, be utilized and what they think they think is affordable. You know, we arrived at our $18 a month plus taxes and fees, which is less than 20. I think that's, it's a really interesting question because I hear from so many people, what is affordable? So you didn't just invent that number, you know, and around a discussion of people who are working for Digital C, you went out and, and, and kind of engaged the community to find that number for you. Absolutely. You know, all of our work is really based in community because this is, you know, it's about serving and, you know, truly, you know, having an impact. So, um, you know, once we kind of arrived at that, we said free, of course, isn't affordable. We came upon that, uh, that number. Um, and um, actually Cuyahoga County gave us our first um, access to the rooftops so that we can begin connecting, you know, single family households. But what we quickly found out was that our families need help. You know, they need help not only, you know, with devices, they also need help on how to meaningfully use the internet to help them. So we started um, YouTube, our young folks, you know, during the pandemic, when the pandemic hit and everyone was sent home, we, you know, brought in a team of young college students who live in the neighborhoods. And in addition to kind of doing print because people were unconnected, we literally walked in the neighborhoods and taped flyers with COVID resources, food resources, you know, just information to help our community. And we were building trust, building credibility, um, building relationships in the community through that. And then we started, you know, um, having radio shows and bringing in resources to help families. You know, we were dispatching people to the homes with the protections, but um, just really trying to hear from the the residents, which we call our neighbors. So we don't call them our customers. These are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And just really hearing from them, like, what do you need? You know, how can we, you know, be helpful? And then now we have, you know, formally created what we call empowerment. When you're charging $18 a month, if a family hits a hard stretch, uh, I think I've seen that you don't cut them off though. No, we don't. So $18 a month is affordable. But even at that, we said, before all of these federal dollars came in for subsidies, mm-hmm. we recognize that $20 a month is not affordable to all. And so we partnered with banks and, you know, healthcare institutions to subsidize even that where it was half off and then oftentimes free. And then we have an emergency fund so that if any family has a hardship, we will not disconnect families because they cannot afford it. And so we, you know, we're able to utilize those funds to help ensure that our families remain connected. And are you now able to tap into ACP for a lot of those families, the Affordable Connectivity Program? ACP is great as, you know, a subsidy now. um, And we are connecting families. um, So we set up shop inside buildings and we actually help them. I mean, we're not saying, hey, here's here's this number, here's this website, call this number, but we're actually out in the communities with our digital clinics and helping families, you know, upload their information and getting the, uh, getting what they need. So, so we never have ever just stopped at here it is, figure it out, but here's the information. How can we, you know, help you? So that would include, so I mean, if you're out in the the neighborhood, you're talking to the neighbors and you find out that they're in an area that you don't serve, then you can help them sign up for that, a provider there. Uh, But then if they are in areas that you do serve, you can sign them up for your own services, right? 
Absolutely. And we've always really taken that approach. So if we ever, you know, run into an area where we can't, you know, connect a family, you know, I kind of pick up the phone and and call some of the other providers and say, hey, we have a family that needs to get connected. We can't mm-hmm. serve. Can you guys, you know, serve them? But I will say with ACP, it's a great subsidy. You know, all subsidies are are temporary. <laughs> right. Even if they're called permanent. <laughs> right, right. They're, they're not permanent. And so that's why empowerment is so important because we know that median household income is a very strong predictor of digital adoption. And so our real focus is we can utilize the subsidy for now, but how are we intentionally helping families upskill or achieve sustainable wages so that they can afford, (laughs) that's another, right? So that they can afford to pay for their internet service and not be reliant on the subsidies because the reality is this, if we're not doing that and the subsidies go away, our families are right back in that situation again. Yes. And perhaps even worse off now for having new habits that can't be supported, um, you know, in terms of not having to wait in line to do some programs and things like that. Um, When it comes to the people who are doing the work, you know, there's different models. Uh, Some people use um, uh, volunteer labor like uh, NYC Mesh. Uh, Some people use digital steward model, which NYC Mesh is starting to do as well, but where the where people from the community learn the skills and build the network and get paid for it, and other people use professional, um, you know, um, technologists um, to build the network. What does uh, Empower Cli do? Which is the the ISP part of Digital C? Like the people that go out to install the equipment and do the work and stuff like that, are they employees of? Well, we do a combination. So, <laughs> so you know, we have in-house tech staff, you know, who can you know go out and do the installations, but then we also contract locally for, you know, the household installations, you know, as well. And actually the contractors, the majority of the contractors that we work with are, you know, local businesses, minority owned businesses here in Cleveland. Excellent. Um, And so the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about with regard to home service was I, I remember um, at a time in which it feels like a lot more places are still not enough places that are really tackling public housing in the way that you have. Um, but it seemed like you were already moving on to do millimeter wave, interesting things to try to connect single family homes. Um, how how has that gone specifically? Because, you know, well, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but but do it gently. I've been telling people for a while that, you know, while connecting public housing isn't easy, um, uh, connecting single family homes in neighborhoods where you have mixed incomes is just the hardest thing to do. It's challenging with a single family. It's really getting access to assets, you know, um, and, you know, I handle, you know, the site acquisitions here, you know, for digital C. And so with the millimeter wave, we need access to light poles mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able, you know, to get under the canopy, you know. Um, and are those owned by the city or by the electric utility? It's a combination. Okay. Some light poles are owned by the city and then others by, you know, the larger you know, electrical providers and, you know, what we're trying to really, where we've been fortunate and able to continue to deliver at the rate that, you know, we do is that building owners have donated their rooftops. So that's a model that where it's all in, you know, mm-hmm. Cleveland, you know, our Cavaliers were all in, but Cleveland really has been all in to try and to close this digital divide. And so, 
from our public housing partners to even private building owners, they have all essentially donated their rooftops to enable us to, you know, connect the families. And so, you know, when it comes to, you know, some of those assets, it's helping to be innovative as to, you know, how they can make them available at low or no cost so that we can, you know, truly serve the residents. Um, I'm sure it's hard to say that just donate the rooftop as though it's just like a little handshake. Um, You have full-blown legal contracts. It's a big deal to make sure that you have everything nailed down for a long period of time to be able to go up there and then not nail things down, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So we do, you know, we're fortunate that our partners have provided long-term agreements, you know, with us, but we also, from our end, ensure that, you know, we perform the structural analysis and, um, you know, have the engineering drawings and also the insurance, you know, adding them as additional named insurance on our policies, because while they are donating, we also want to ensure to them that we are protecting and doing what, you know, is necessary to protect their interests. Yeah, and I just um, I made the the comment about not nailing down. I don't remember if it was you or someone else I was talking to about rooftops, and they're like, "You never ever penetrate the rooftop." <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and that's one of the assurance that our building owners need because you know you penetrate it and then you compromise their you know the guarantee their the warranty on the roof, mm-hmm. um, and you can cause you know not only a, a warranty issue but damage, and so we really really want to um, be respectful you know, of the properties owned by our partners. So Cleveland had at one point been ranked uh, one of the worst connected cities by uh, the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. I know that there's some disagreement, um, you know, about how those rankings are done always, but nonetheless, it had some real challenges. Uh, It seems like it's been a real success story, though, since then with um, the work that you've done. um, You know, the the Cleveland Foundation seems like it's one of the best community foundations of really tackling this issue. Uh, How did all that come to be? We're this small, big city, (laughs) and um, it's really through collaborations. It's people coming out of their silos and coming together to solve problems to help advance the city forward and really leveraging all of the assets. You know, one organization can't do it all. And so um, it's collaboration. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. We were just on a call yesterday and it was a combination of us and our Ohio Means Jobs, our state agency that helps pay for training. And we had the NAACP and we had a minority contractor organization. And we're like, hey, how can we all work together to start, you know, to help connect residents to training right? Well, and future plans to let's first assess them to make sure their interests align, then get them placed in the training and then into career opportunities in this broadband infrastructure, you know, so that they can um, economically participate in all of this billions of dollars of funding that's coming down. Um, And then also looking, so that's getting them into the trades and then also looking at you know, smaller contractors, independent contractors in the trades, and how do we then provide them with technical assistance so that they can grow their business as dollars, you know, are funded through. So really trying to be intentional to ensure that the local communities and the people who live in them are participating in this broadband growth. And 
has have you had enough experience to know that what you're doing is working? Uh, I can imagine that uh, that there can be a lot of hiccups and stop starts along that path. I can just tell you what digital see with our college students that, you know, we hired. Um, some of them went back to school. Some of them went back to school and are working remote, you know, in our customer experience. So our young folks came in and helped build out our sales, our customer experience, our community engagement, our field operations. They young people, right? The talent that's in our communities and they're from the neighborhoods that we serve. Well, we have them hire full time, you know, so we have them, you know, who are actually continuing to work here in customer experience. And, and one of them, I just found out, just bought a house. So within this model, within Digital C, I see it working. I see that when, you know, organizations are very thoughtful and intentional in their recruitment and their support and their practices, how you can grow and empower community. Do you have someone who just focuses on helping them to like learn things? Uh, Because I feel like, you know, whenever we're hiring younger folks, I'm always amazed at how good they are at some things and how they've never been exposed to other things. And I'm like, oh, wow, how are we going to bring this person up to speed on this other thing that they haven't done before? It's important to have someone that is dedicated or one of their roles is to support. Mm -hmm. Because there are questions. I mean, just, you know, even as adults, when you, you know, come on to a new, new job, you know, you have all these different questions and transitions and, you know, what are protocols, both spoken and unspoken or written and unwritten, you know, protocols might be front of mind for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so it's important to have someone there who the, the young people can turn to with questions or who's there to pull coattails and say, Hey, and they know that that person truly cares. So their advice And constructive criticism is coming from a place where they truly want the best for that young person and, um, and really have, you know, what I call a restorative justice, you know, type of mindset so that you, you help people learn and grow from, you know, their mistakes. So one last question, and this is, it's a little bit of a doozy. So um, I don't want you to, I don't want you to feel like I'm asking you to criticize other cities. Um, I feel like when I look at Digital C, I see a willingness to try new things that I don't always see from um, other cities, whether it's nonprofit organizations or municipal employees. I feel like they're afraid of trying new things. Um, You know, do you have advice for um, just people being more entrepreneurial and taking a little bit more risks and trying to solve this problem rather than studying it to death? In our team, we use the mantra that one of my young people actually coined years ago, growth is the outcome. I think it's about mindset. And I think it's about creating a safe space for people to fail forward. I mean, you know, you hear the fail forward, but it's truly that. And, and being able to say, we learn from that what do we learn? How do we move forward? And being supportive of that and, and being in a position. And I would challenge leaders to be in a position where, or having a mindset where you're serving your team. If you are truly there and helping them grow to become the best version of themselves, then that's how you build a successful team and, and take risk sitting on the sidelines, studying it to death while people in the community are suffering. And that's what we did when the pandemic hit. We said, we're going to go out here and we're going to fight the fight and push through and do whatever it takes to, you know, help, you know, our neighbors. 
Excellent. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, I just I wish you the, the best of luck. I know that there's going to be so much to do, but I'm really excited that they're going to get someone that has the experience that you have um, to do this work. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ilsr.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.